Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're joining us in the world. Welcome to Football Worldwide Presents European Weekly Catch-Up. This is episode two. My name's Bruno. My co-host, Jonathan, how are you today? Oh, Bruno, it's so good to be back, mate. So, um, can't believe we're back into it. Another three leagues starting this weekend. We've had a short off-season with the Copa America and the Euros, but so nice to have um, back to European football back and getting back into the club business, mate. Why don't you take everyone into account what we're bringing into the show today? Yeah, definitely. So you'll be able to see below everything we're covering today, but I'll give a quick wrap-up. We're covering match day one results of the League One, followed by um, a preview of match day two. We'll be covering match day one across La Liga, Bundesliga and the EPO, which do commence this weekend, which is exciting. We'll bring you our newest segment around the grounds, followed by ones to watch. But it is a jam-packed episode. There is a lot to get through. So without further ado, we started the French League this weekend and it was something that we I did not expect to be as good as what it was. And... Um, they talk about the French League being a farmer's league and all of that, but it was entertaining and there were some surprises in that that, um, you know what, no one really expected. It was phenomenal. Um, and I don't know what else to say in regards to that, but I'm sure you caught a couple of them. Um, yeah. what, what was your opinion uh, as I pull up the results from this week? Credit where credit's due, man. Some of these games were exciting. A lot, a few of them were draws, but um, most of them were end-to-end stuff. Um, you know, going into the first first match of uh, Monaco and Nantes, um, mate, what an exciting game. You know, this, these games, most of these games, but this one in particular, it's just non-stop. They were literally, they were just attacking front to back, this and that. It was just non-stop, end to end. You just couldn't get enough of it. So um, did you catch that one, Bruno? I, I caught um, bits and pieces of it, but I did catch um, a couple of games that I will continue, but uh, carry on throughout the piece. But one of the biggest surprises in my eyes was um, a team that lost 3S against PSG. Um, it was three early goals, very early in the first half. Um, and, you know, it was uh, it was taken away by uh, 3S, who took the, surprisingly, they took the early lead. Um, it was only after nine minutes. And uh, PSG's $80 million signing in Hakimi, Hakimi leveled things up only 10 minutes later, followed by Icardi, who scored two minutes after that. But... I just feel, you know what, there is so much more to come with PSG. But my game of the – well, my performance of the round would have to go to newly promoted Clermont Foot, who won 2-0 against Bordeaux. Um, And you got to remember Bordeaux had, uh, you know, a new manager moving into this. And this was Clermont Foot's first ever appearance in the League One and – you know what? It was a very dominant performance, and I called these people to be this team here to be relegated. But yeah, I messaged yeah. you as the game was going. I go, "This is fire! This is amazing! The way they're playing." Uh, you know, who surprised you in match day one? Yeah, you know what? I you know carry on first off of uh, PSG with their um, new signing Hakimi. What a brilliant goal! What a uh, 
you know, just a, a, a meant he just oozes class and, and the, that run he made for that goal over the top, um, you know, top left corner, you know, with his right foot, it was just unbelievable. And then for uh, Mbappe to go across and then square it back in for Incardi, uh straight in the middle and all of that. But hey, uh, Troyes, mate, they they did not they did not disappoint. They 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 took the fight to PSG. Now you're gonna say, you know, first game back PSG, maybe a bit of rustiness to them and so forth, but they'll be better for it. They made some big signings in the off season, which we'll get to shortly. Um, but yeah, Clermont over Bordeaux, what an entertaining game. Clermont, all credit where credit's due. Their first time in the top league. Um, unbelievable. They they took it to the big boys, man. But uh, Bordeaux is definitely not a team to be um, underestimated by all by all respects. But Clermont, uh, mate, they they just uh, they just outdid themselves. And credit where credit's due. We've got to eat our words from last week. We didn't see them. Obviously, we didn't know too much about them. But they, you know, that style of play and how they played, they are definitely going to be a team to watch this season. Yeah. Look, I think definitely, but. I think that um, performance also highlighted Bordeaux's uh, issues in the background. Um, And, you know, my money's on their new manager being the first to get the sack in the French League uh, this season. Um, Just not because of him, but just how the club is at the moment. But last season, Mets had their highest finish, 10th. it's since 1999. I might be, I might stand corrected on that. And although they slipped to a one nil deficit after 20 odd minutes, um, because the, it was the 23rd minute, they came back and took Lille by surprise last year's champs to a 3 1 lead. And it was only a red card in the 56th minute to Mets, which then saw the downfall. and it was a 97th minute goal, which split the decision there. Um, so we mentioned that last week Lille falling off the horse a bit, but I don't know. Is this signs of something that uh, you're the downfall of the team which did so well and beat PSG only a week ago in um, the Trophy de Champs? Yeah, I, I look. I, I think we need to take into consideration as well. It's the it's the first match they back, you know. They're probably a bit rusty. Um, I'm not sure how many of them played in the international break as well, you know, in in some of those other games. But um, look, you don't win the league, you know. Even if they only won by one point last last season, you don't win the league in league uh, in league one for no reason, you know. Going up against PSG and some of the other bigger teams there. You don't win that for for no reason. So maybe a little bit of nerves, maybe a little bit of rustiness and so forth. They'll come better. They'll come good. But definitely something that they need to get on top of quickly so they don't slip down further to to where they probably deserve to be. Yeah, look, I think overall it's going to be a interesting season in um, Paris, uh, in France. Sorry. Um, but yeah, you'll see below we've got the fixtures as well as the results for Le One. Um, and there are some interesting fixtures. Uh, m- one of the most interesting, I think, uh, in the coming week in the League One would have to be the two newly promoted sides, Clermont Foot and Troyes, up against each other. Um, 
And I think one of the things which will play into the favour of a lot of teams is the home advantage is back. There are fans back in the stadiums and I, I, I'm, I'm inter- it was it was exhilarating finally not to hear that automated sounds in the background, but I think this is going to play a massive part in the performances of a lot of these teams. And you know what? Glamour got the three points, and I think they're going to get the three points again if they maintain the performance they had. But, yeah, look, you got um, Monaco travelling to Lorient, Lille hosting Nice, um, PSG and Strasbourg. Agnes and Lyon, Brest versus Rennes, Clermont Fou versus Troyes, Nantes versus Metz, Reims versus Montpellier, Lens versus Saint Etienne, and Marseille versus Bordeaux. So, based off week one, these fixtures just, I think they were made, I think the script was written in week one, and you're going to see some entertaining games. Um, but yeah, like, where do you see the league going match day two, John? Look, it's um, you know, looking at the games we got coming up, it's it's you know, I'm I'm intrigued to see Clermont and uh, Troyes, to be honest, because you know the two newly promoted teams, and mate, they did not disappoint. So to me, that's probably got to be the match of the um of the round in League One, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Like it's it's just unreal. Like obviously, you take it to consideration, PSG and all the news and all that which has uh, happened this week, which we'll, we'll get back to shortly. But, um, yeah, look, this is – you know what was you know what was actually nice to see? I Obviously, after we finished our, our pod and put this uh, the video up, to recommend a lot of people to see League One and the messages that we had received back saying, mate, this league is just unreal, you know, for – to you know so impressed for you know a lot of people don't know much about it and you don't you don't probably think about it as much but you know credit where it's due league on mate definitely pro- providing the goods and this week's going to be no different whatsoever yeah look it, it was something uh you know what i think this was probably one of the years where you really want to focus on that league and we'll get to those signings we're talking about psg i i, I mentioned that earlier in the um in previously to us starting this recording. But I think this would have to go down as one of the best transfer windows in history and for any club. And Fabrizio Romano, who, for those who don't know, a very credible source, and his famous words, here we go, only 30 minutes prior to this podcast um, uh, commence recording, Messi to PSG. It's been all over the news, but all of that stuff, you've had Sergio Ramos, Wijnaldum, Donnarumma, all come for free. Now Messi as a free transfer, as well as Hakimi for 80 million, and we've seen he already got that goal in. So I, I think this is one of the most impressive transfer windows in history for a single club. Yeah, that front 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 three, Messi, Mbappe, Neymar. That has to go down. Like obviously we need to see how they combine and all that, but that will have to go down in history as one of the most prolific and dangerous front three ever. You've probably got two, no, three of the best five players in a front three 
for one team. That's just unbelievable. Um, PSG, as we know, the defensively, as uh, which is why they brought Ramos in, they can be a little bit shaky at times. But Ramos is probably going to clean that right up for them. But what an unbelievable team this team has going through into the season and then further into the Champions League, which is obviously their aspirations, which they want to get into. But in saying that, Bruno, the uh, the romance is gone. It is officially done. Yeah, Messi and- has officially left, which we had uh, broken as soon as it was announced. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, look, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people were like, yeah, we heard the rumours last season um, and, you know, it didn't happen. But when that press conference was called, um, you knew something was something was going to happen. And, you know, a lot of people were anticipating because there were the, the speculation that they had come to an agreement and so forth. Um, which we will cover. But I think this is the perfect segue to move into um, uh, Le- uh, La Liga. So we yeah. will be having match day one of La Liga. Um, but before we go into that, you've done your research. Well, we both have. But, Jonathan, there's a reason why Lionel Messi cannot play for Barcelona. And a lot of people are bagging him about, oh, you know, he was getting absurd amount of money. But you're going to run us through and why, even for one euro a season, he could not play for the club in the current state. So, you know, as we'll bring up the uh, match day coming for La, um, La Liga coming up in a minute, just to put it into perspective as to why Messi could not stay at Barcelona, even if he had signed for one euro, he could not stay at Barcelona, purely for the fact that La Liga had brought in a new rule that you are only allowed to um, use 75% of your total revenue for your salaries, for your wages, for your players. Before Messi left, Barcelona were paying 110% of their earnings just on wages. So they were paying extra 10% more of what they were earning to pay play sorry to pay just wages so even if messi had signed for 1 euro that would have brought them back down to i think the uh, the number was 95% they were yeah. still 200 million euro over budget to where they needed to be by la liga's new rules now there was a lot of speculation saying that barcelona were going to go to la liga and try to get them to, you know, come to some type of deal with the new uh, trans, sorry, the new TV rights that they had um, signed up for the league. No, the La Liga said no. You can't. It's one rule for everyone. Doesn't matter. We're going to lose the revenue whatsoever. One blanket rule for everyone. So, it's not the fact that Messi didn't want to stay. He tried everything he possibly could. Now we need to also take into consideration, which a lot of people don't know. But just to bring some light into it, Messi's contract finished with Barcelona. Therefore, he was then a free agent. Being a free agent and having to sign with a club, your contract goes at the bottom of the pile compared to the rest of your signings. You've got to remember, they brought in Memphis Depay, Sergio Aguero, 
and Messi was a um they they had signed they announced them before before Messi's renewal so technically those two were before Messi so even we don't even know if those two are going to be able to play this weekend okay Aguero doesn't matter at the moment because he's out for a few weeks with an injury at the moment but Bruno what an absolute schmozzle Barcelona whoever is in charge of their accounting firm or running their books what a schmozzle that was yeah, and, and, and it's not just the loss of one player um, because at the end of the day, they may have been paying him a large amount of money, but the sponsorships, the jerseys, the ticket sales through tourists, let alone everyone else, um, now that fans are allowed back into stadiums, the amount of money that they're going to lose because of that is phenomenal. But he had his press conference. We saw a couple of tears being shed. Hours later, Barcelona went and beat Juventus 3-0 in a friendly. So I don't know if this has motivated the team. So um, we're going into match day one. We've got the fixtures below. You've got Barcelona versus Real Sociedad. Um, before we cover the rest of the fixtures, just while we're on Barcelona so we can leave them there, is this a Barcelona three points? How do you see this this race going? Look, uh Real Sociedad are definitely no pushover. They had a, a pretty good season last season. Um, they played so... Barcelona played so well against Juventus the other day. I know it's just a friendly and they say it's nothing to play for. But there was some link play with Memphis, Depay and, and so forth. Mate, some of the midfield plays and so forth. And let's let's put it into perspective. Now, a lot of people would always argue the fact that Barcelona was so Messi driven and so Messi reliant. Now, they've um, Kuman's got the um, the opportunity to say we're not a one man team. We've got a good squad here. They've brought in some good signings this in the off season, so they can definitely go a lot better than what they did last season. They'll be a lot more competitive. Look, they still have some questions to answer in their back in their back defense and so forth. But that again, their new front three, Dembele, Memphis, and uh Griezmann, that's nothing to shy off. That's that's a formidable front three. Let's Definitely. see what happens with um with the with what they need to do in registration and so forth, because they still have some problems. These will probably be answered before the weekend, hopefully. So yeah, what else we got there, Bruno, with uh, La Liga? So um, the first match of the weekend is Valencia versus Getafe, um, Oswana versus Espanyol, Cadiz versus Levante, Mallorca versus Rabaitis, Deportivo Alaves versus Real Madrid, Sotavigo versus Atletico Madrid. Um, we mentioned Barcelona versus Real Sociedad, Sevilla versus... Rayo Vallecano, Villarreal versus Granada, as well as Elche versus Athletic Club. Um, Athletic Bilbao. I don't know how people uh, reference them these days. But I think, um, again, there's a lot of stories coming out of La Liga, transfer-wise. Um, Atletico, can they back up the performance they had last season? And there's just, you know, a lot of buzz around everything the whole um the whole the whole league itself um especially with these new rules it, it's one of the 
leagues that have implemented this. Um, you haven't seen this across, and we've seen some of the wild spending so far um, this transfer window. So in the larger scheme of things, this is probably, in my eyes, will hurt La Liga more than it helps them. But if the rest of the Europe follow form, I think we'll see a much more competitive Europe altogether where you've got some reasonable wages, to say the least. But, um, yeah, look, there are some great fixtures coming up. Um, you know, we mentioned earlier um, Celta Vigo and Atletico Madrid. They're, you know, can Atletico continue? Um, I think all eyes are also on uh, Real Madrid. Um, they're travelling to face uh, Alaves. But overall, in a general consensus of the league itself, how do you see? Uh, how do you see match day one panning out? Do you see any standout, definite three-point wins um, in your eyes, or is it just too close to call and you just need to see how the off-season's treated these teams? Out of um, as we mentioned the last week of the, the obviously the the obvious top three, out of those three, I actually feel that Atletico have not diminished compared to last season. You know, they brought in. Uh, Rodrigo Topol from the Serie A, from Udinese. He's an amazing signing. Wait till you see him go in uh, La Liga. He is going to be an absolute standout and he's going to be able to show his true skill and quality, what he actually does have. Uh, in saying that, I think the, you know, Real Madrid, yes, they, they've had some losses in, in um, Varane and Sergio Ramos, but Alaba coming into the squad, um, he's going to. He's he's definitely no slouch. He is a solid defender, and he, you know, when you've got Benzema up front, an amazing striker, does it year in year out. He's transformed himself from a couple of years ago when he had some troubles, and definitely, you know, dad credit to himself. He's come leaps and bounds. I'd like to see. I'm I'm really anticipating how um, Real Madrid is going to go under Carlo, Carlos Ancelotti as well. Him um, coming and taking over um, Zinedine Zidane is going to be an amazing transformation for them. They've maybe got a little bit stale under him at the end. So, um, yeah, look, it's going to be it's going to be a good season. La Liga is always an interesting, as, as mentioned last week, it's always an interesting league and anyone can really beat anyone on their day. Yes, the top three are the, the pretty much standouts, but, you know, in saying that, I think Atletico is going to go. They're, they're to me, they're probably the guaranteed three points against uh, Celta Vigo, I, purely for the fact that they've probably had the least disruptions out of the top three, and um, they can probably go on and, and and perform again like they should. What do you what do you think, Bruno? Yeah, look, uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, overall, you know, La Liga generally is starting to weaken. Um, just because the funds available to the Premier League and um, France, well, PSG most notably. But, you know, a massive loss for Real Madrid losing um, Ramos. And he was the captain of the club. But he wasn't just the captain of the club. He was phenomenal. And his goal contribution was ridiculous for a centre-back. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm interested to see how they go this season, but it's definitely something that um, it's definitely something we need to look forward to. But we'll move on 
Bundesliga match day one is approaching and it's approaching fast. Um, but we had a couple of competitive fixtures um, over the weekend in the domestic um, cup. And oh, there were some standout performances, most notably um, Haaland for Borussia Dortmund, who scored a hat trick. But, you know, we saw all the rumors around Chelsea and wanting to buy him. And, you know, they offered 150 million euros to bring Haaland to the Premier League, and Dortmund said no. And I just think this is, you know, he, he came out and put a performance that proves why they're saying no. Like, there were some great performances, and it's just one of those leagues where you don't really hear too much about it until you see the performances in the Champions League. But in the last, I'd say, two, three years, it's really picked up momentum um, with Lewandowski just being a formidable attacker. But Haaland's come in and absolutely paved the way for young kids everywhere, just showing how deadly he is in front of goal. And to score a hat-trick the way he did for Dortmund was just... It, it just reminded me of, okay, well, this is a club which signed someone and he has just not taken his foot off the pedal and he has just been a goal-scoring machine, whether it's Champions League, whether it's domestically, you know. So I, I think it was one of those scenarios where um, you, you had a lot of things happening. But what's your opinion on Haaland? Do you reckon he takes out the golden boot for the German league this season? Oh, look, it'll be out of him and uh, Lewandowski for sure. Uh, his performance on the weekend, Dortmund's performance on the weekend. Remember, without Sancho, who's um, off to, who who went to Manchester United in the off season. So, you know, what was a pleasure to see was uh, an injury-free Marco Royce going through midfield and putting those balls in for Haaland. Mate, some of those balls between between uh, the defenders and splitting the defence and so forth, just on a silver platter for Haaland to just um, do what he does best and put him in the back of the net. So hopefully he can stay injury-free and he might be the new combination in regards to helping Haaland perform and go to that, keep at that uh, top tier where he where he's been performing for the last couple of seasons. So, um, what you know, they, they won that game against a third-tier German German side, um, and you know you could just see that the the difference in quality when you've got Haaland up front and some of the quality the other quality that uh, Borussia Dortmund have in that squad, it was just um, obviously too much for them to to come up against to to put up. They they did well by all means for a third tier club. Look, all credit to them, um, but yeah, end of the day it was just a, a bridge too far for them to reach. Yeah, definitely, and um, you know. Generally, in the first and opening rounds of these domestic cups, you have a lot of the main league teams, so the Bundesliga teams taken on second, third division teams, etc. Um, but it wasn't all roses and rainbows. Um, so we've still got, and, and you, you may probably be wondering why we haven't mentioned Bayern Munich. Well, they play um, in 48 hours our time, so it, 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 there's still a game to come. Um, in the and they're playing. I think it's a third division team, to be honest. Um, and there shouldn't be any issues there. But you had some upsets. Frankfurt 
losing 2-0 to a team. Um, you know, Wolfsburg came through. They got the win 3-1. Um, but there were a couple of draws uh, in that league as well. So it will be interesting. So we do have the fixtures along the bottom um, to say show what's happening um, in regards to match day one. So there's a couple of fixtures there which are interesting. Um, and if you asked me before watching the Cup, I would have said my, my fixture to go to in the, the German league was uh, Dortmund Frankfurt, but I just think that's going to be too one-sided. But you've got a couple of great fixtures and you know what? You're going to distinguish. I, I feel your top five, top six teams are going to break away from the rest of the league and it's going to happen pretty quickly. Yeah, I definitely agree. Probably the, the standout game for this weekend without being too one-sided, but then again, Probably the powerhouse is going to push through would be uh, Mucin Gladbach and uh, Bayern Munich. But, um, you know, the class that Bayern still have, even after the, so those losses they had in the offseason, which we mentioned in last week's episode, um, it should still be competitive by all means. So it's definitely no uh, Mucin Gladbach are no, are no pushover whatsoever. They showed how good they can actually perform in the Champions League last year. They did themselves proud and were um, definitely, um, they, they, they came up, stepped up to the plate. So, um, Bruno, going into some of these fixtures, who would be your standout game? I know you said uh, Dortmund I, and uh, Frankfurt. Yeah, look, I, I think Mainz versus RB Leipzig um, is probably one to watch out for. Um, we mentioned last week Bayern Munich purchased their um, their talisman. They directly weakened um, an opponent and... You know what that does to some clubs, it can cripple them. But a uh, quick run through you mentioned Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Bayern Munich. Um, uh, Bayfeld versus Freiburg. Augsburg and Hoffenheim take battle. Union Berlin and Bayer Leverkusen, which um, is good to see Bayer Leverkusen always, um, they always manage to cause a couple of upsets throughout the season. Um, Stuttgart, Gutefurth. Wolfsburg and Bultram, which is, again, another extremely competitive fixture. Dortmund-Frankfurt, which we touched on. Mainz-RB Leipzig and Holm versus Hertha Berlin. Um, so you've got some great fixtures to uh, have match day one. But I think, you know, the Bundesliga is one of those leagues where the top five, six break away from the league very early on and... Generally, you see Bayern Munich take control and, you know, they, they, they go leaps and bounds because you, know, you have all these other games that the lower teams are taking points off each other. But watching Dortmund and Haaland and how they recovered without Sancho and, like you mentioned, Marco Royce, it, I think there is some nice competition that will be happening between the two um, the two teams. And I think that's your lock-in for top two. But, again, Bayern Munich, they, they, they look phenomenal. And I think this is something that we'd love to see continuing um, throughout the season. And, again, they're probably a powerhouse when it comes to uh, Europe as well. So keep an eye out. We will bring you, be bringing you some Champions League uh, shows, but I think out of all the leagues, one of the most popular leagues across not just Europe, 
but the world is the English Premier League. We have alluded to some of the transfers with um, with Dortmund losing Sancho to Manchester United, but the English Premier League's back this week, and uh, I think this is probably one of the most anticipated seasons, but not just for you know your clubs, but the money that has been thrown around already, hundred million pounds. We're talking euros, we're talking pounds for Grealish to go to Manchester City. The rumors of a similar, if not a bit lower, bid for um Harry Kane to move from Tottenham to um Manchester City, and then 97.5 million pounds, roughly 115 million euros, which is the rumored amount for Chelsea to um capture Romelu Lukaku. Again, um, after selling him for 35 million all those years ago. So, um, you know, it, there's some big money being thrown around. And then you've got Sancho, Varane, um, and who knows what else. You know, if Tottenham get this money from Manchester City, they're, they're more than happy to start spending. Aston Villa, they've got Ashley Young back there and all of that. So it, it's something. But um, yeah, so I'll bring up the fixtures for this week. Um, as we go through it, but there are some great fixtures coming up. And you know what? The Premier League is just always exciting. There's always so much involvement. And you know why it's one of the most popular leagues? And I think after the Euros and the failure of England to win um, the final, it just draws all that much more attention onto the squad. Um, we saw... Leicester beat Manchester City in the Community Shield Cup 1-0. Iniacho, a former Manchester City player who didn't celebrate after scoring the 89th-minute penalty. But if you look at the team Leicester fielded, yeah. <laughs> right, a full-strength, 100% squad, and then you compare it to Manchester City's second, I'd say, string team, B, Potentially C. <laughs> C, strength team. And they were just formidable. And you saw the introduction of Grealish and so forth. But oh, I just cannot see Manchester City being challenged um, this season in regards to the bought where they've needed to buy. Um, and, yeah, there's, you know, plenty of time left in the transfer market. It takes, you know, 24 hours to get that one big signing. And we've got, uh, what is it, 20, 18 days, 19 days still to go. So there's still plenty of time. But there are some great fixtures um, to start off the Premier League. Uh, did you want to run us through some of them? Yeah, look, um, let's go through some of the matches first and then we'll pick what we think um, what, what might happen. So first, first match, we got Brentford and Arsenal. Running into our Manchester United and Leeds, Leicester City into Wolves, Chelsea and Crystal Palace, Watford playing Aston Villa, Everton into Southampton, uh, Burnley and Brighton, Norwich City coming back into the Premier League against Liverpool, Newcastle against West Ham and Tottenham versus Manchester City. They're the uh, matches that we have for match day one. Look, in saying what, just to follow up what you've just said, 
the squad that Manchester City have is just unbelievable. And to throw a hundred million at Aston Villa for um, Grealish is just, you know, to be the most expensive English player and to break the English Premier League record for a signing. Unbelievable the money that is being thrown around this transfer window against against most teams, you know, running into the second second biggest signing, which will be hopefully confirmed in the not-too-distant future, but Romelu Lukaku from Inter Milan to Chelsea. Now, Chelsea, let's remember the beginning of the last season, they had Frank Lampard, which they had a couple of problems with, and they brought in, um, sorry, I can't pronounce his name, is it uh, Troop? Yes, that's right. Thank you, Bruno. Um, under under him, mate, they just performed. They gelled. Look at the how strong they came in the second half of the season. They had their problems up front, which their biggest problem, again, as mentioned last week, their number one scorer last season was Jorginho with seven penalties. Can you actually believe it? So bringing in a number nine and the numbers that Romelu Lukaku has produced over the last couple of seasons, that is the that's the missing piece of the puzzle that they had. That is the missing piece of the puzzle that they needed. So with him up front, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to okay, stop you yeah. there. Tell me. Right. You're saying that's the missing piece of the puzzle, but this is a team that won the UEFA Champions League, right? But, hold on. So I say the missing piece of the puzzle because Chelsea finished four. And how yeah, many definitely. points were – that's what I'm saying. So in the Premier no, 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 League, look, aspect, 100%, they're going to be fighting in my in my I, eyes. I think um, the squad depth at Chelsea has been an issue for them because they don't have like-for-like like substitutions yeah. for a lot of their players. And Kante really stepped up in the back half of that season. But they finished fourth, but they won the Champions League. And at the same time, how much – how many domestic points did they sacrifice to win that Champions League? And at the end of the day, it's worth winning. But um, we've seen what Tuchel did with PSG, that he got yeah. them to the Champions League final. He's come in, he's taken over Lampard, and he beat Manchester City three times yeah. in the back end of that season. Yeah. And this was a team that no one could stop. This was a team that was... Amazing. So all credit to Tuchel and um, Roman Abramovich, the owner, who, you know what, as jealous as I might be because he's investing in this club, this is an owner who's truly passionate about his club. And, yeah, he's bought titles, but at the same time, it's passion you see in the owner. He's doing everything for the best of the club. So I think, yeah, look, once it's confirmed um, – I'm, I'm a, and you and I, we're beloved Inter supporters, and it, it is painful to see our talisman leave, but it's more and more exciting um, to see him move to the Champions League winners. And, and to carry on that point, um, you know, I mentioned that earlier that the EPL is one of the most entertaining leagues, and, you know, I put that down to there's almost every week one of the biggest teams is facing another big team because they're all pretty big teams, and... The first fixture, Brentford versus Arsenal, I really like that because Arsenal have been struggling. They've got some extremely deep financial issues. But 
But what better way to start their season than a potential three points against the newly promoted Brentford? Uh, Manchester United versus Leeds. We saw that Leeds aren't in the lead to muck around, right? The, um, uh, Banford up front was just phenomenal last season for Leeds. And United, well, they've got some exciting new signings that we can't wait to see. Burnley-Brighton is probably the one game where I, 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 I wouldn't want to watch because it clashes with so many other great games. You've got the Chelsea Crystal game, Everton Southampton, Leicester Wolves, and Wolves. Um, you'll see in uh, the other podcast, uh, Everything EPL is a predicted relegation team. So, you know, if you're predicting Wolves, and, and a lot of it comes down to the management change and so yeah. forth, but, um, you know, Watford back up again. Norwich versus Liverpool. This is what I actually am extremely looking forward to. Last season, I watched Norwich a lot. I'm a betting man. I bet on Norwich every single week. And Pookie just carried his Premier League form from the 2019 season into the 2020 season and brought them back up. And I just, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, Timo Pookie does for Norwich and Liverpool will Van Dijk back. And he was, he was, they declined um, to see. And Newcastle's on the lips of a lot of people to be relegated. So, you know, it is an extremely exciting, exciting um, week across all four of the leagues. Um, and you've got to remember, you know, this, there's still one more league to add into it next week. <laughs> How good is it? How good is it to have you? How uh, good is it? So, look, guys, um, we're going to bring you um, our newest segment. So we'll run the promo and then, Jonathan, um, we'll introduce the new segment uh, around the ground. So here we go. Welcome to Around the Grounds. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, this is something that we've been wanting to do. I don't look, it's only our second episode, but this is something that Bruno and I have spoken about we wanted to bring into, into this show. So Around the Grounds is going to be a special mention of special games or special leagues around the world, which we think that is it needs a special mention from Around the Grounds that we don't actually cover. So my match, which I wanted to pick up, from around the grounds for the week that had just passed was PSV versus Ajax winning 4-0 against... So PSV, sorry, winning 4-0 against Ajax in their uh, Domestic Shield Cup. And some of the goals that were um, like... Do you remember uh, Do you remember Mario Goltz <laughs> that used to play for... Uh, Borussia Dortmund and um, won the World Cup for Germany back in 2010. So what an absolute um, he's 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 found it. So oh sorry, 2014. Thank you for correcting me, Bruno. What an absolute uh, gem it is to see him enjoying his football back in the Netherlands, um, and just an absolute you know, Ajax with losing four nil. Like it's it's no that's that's a big deal. Remember a couple of years ago. Yes, they got completely decimated afterwards, but they were into the very late stages of the Champions League, knocking out Juventus and other big um, teams at that at that tournament. So, Bruno, what that was my uh, around the grounds for this week. What about you, mate? I've got two around the grounds because I just remembered another fixture. But 
Um, my first one is uh, Chelsea versus Villarreal in the European Super Cup. It's the winner of the Champions League takes on the winner of the Europa League. You really want to see it happen. You really want to see what happens in this. Um, and it does set the tone for um, the rest of the league. And it does send a message to the um, to the Champions League contenders as well in regards to how formidable these teams are. But the second fixture is the Italian Super, um, is an Italian friendly between Juventus and Atalanta. Um, and this is a fixture which is very entertaining, not just from the Italian Serie A fan perspective, but it's very entertaining from the neutral because Atalanta have been absolute goal-scoring machines in the um, as of late under Gasparini, their manager. Um, and Zapata up front has been phenomenal, but who else doesn't want to see Cristiano Ronaldo take on um, a team? Uh, and it's also extremely competitive with uh, former manager Allegri returning to the helm of Juventus. So that is another fixture that I think um, needs an honourable mention because, you know, it, it is going to set the tone for the Serie A as well. Juventus, Atalanta, they finished third and fourth respectively last season. But with the sales of Hakimi and Lukaku at Inter, um, these are two fixtures that I think will set the tone for their leagues domestically, but also send a message out to the rest of Europe because all four teams are in the Champions League next season. So it yeah. will be good. Um, but, yeah, that's ones to watch. Guys, if you follow any of the leagues throughout um, Europe that we do not cover throughout the world, it doesn't have to be in Europe. Um, you've hit us up, shoot us a message if you think it should be the ones to watch or if we've uh, – around the ground, sorry. Or if we've missed a fixture which – you know, completely, uh, completely surprised all. And I, I, I know you mentioned Celtic earlier. Um, for me, yeah, that was uh, that was my one. I forgot to mention actually, which was my second one for the uh, around the grounds. I forgot to mention, but Celtic finally hitting the mark again, winning six nil over the weekend with uh, Ange Postacoglu as the new manager there from Australia represent we got to we got to <laughs> we got to do it for our Aussie boys we don't get much mention out there so look he's finally um got a formidable win and let's hope he he finally um takes that Celtic team back where they need to be at the top of the thing but Bruno going into our next segment So back going into our one to watch coming our second segment for this week. I am actually going to take it out of our top five for for the uh, first time. And I have a special mention of, again, the Scottish Premier League for me is definitely going to be Aberdeen versus Hearts. Now, both of these teams won, they have won their first two fixtures um, and Aberdeen and Hearts definitely such a rich history, and they they definitely got a lot to play for this season. They got a lot to prove and so forth. So that's going to be my one to watch this weekend. What about you, Bruno? Hey, look, my one to watch. I'm taking it to the EPL. It's the final fixture of the round. Man, uh, Tottenham, who are hosting Manchester City. Um, one, you want to see how Manchester City go with their new signing Jack Grealish, but two, there is so much. 
I don't know if it's bad blood or sourness between the two teams at the moment with the whole Harry Kane. He hasn't turned, returned to training. Is he going to take the field for Tottenham? Is he going to be taking the field? Or is he going to be a Manchester City player? But, um, yeah, for match day one in the EPL, this is a fantastic fixture. Um, if you're going to catch any of the fixtures, that would probably be my one to watch with a very close second to Manchester United and Leeds. Um, but, yeah, I think... Uh, that's all we've got time for today. So uh, we'll go through the formalities. Don't forget to like, subscribe, keep up to date with um, your top five leagues across Europe. We'll be providing you with fixture leaks, tables and results throughout the week, keeping content flowing. Um, you'll see an episode of Everything EPL hosted by our um, EPL specialist, Mo, and you'll also be seeing Serie A Roundtable hosted by Anthony um, and you'll be seeing us weekly. So um, I think you got a, also a special mention for uh, this, uh, this uniform we're wearing. Guys, we just got our brand new merch in time for our second episode sponsored by the Monogram Shop, yours truly. But um, we're going to have some special merchandise going up shortly. we still got to uh, organise some more designs and so forth, but we're going to hopefully have that up shortly. Guys, such an amazing response from our first episode last week. Thank you for liking and subscribing and giving us all the support. Uh, we truly do appreciate it. We are going to go onward and upward with this channel. And with your support, with your support, please like and subscribe. And we are going to take this to new heights. From me, love you guys. Thank you so much. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And we'll catch you next week, guys.